Welcome to A to Z Sports Powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports. Like our Facebook page at A to Z Sports Nashville. YouTube at A to Z Sports. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Uh, Got to thank our sponsors because they make it all happen for us and for you guys. RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. Mandu, the pulse of fitness. One 15-minute workout equals five hours in the weight room. How? Mandu.com. Your first workout is free. Give it a shot. Mandu.com. The Tucker Agency, uh, TuckerTN.com. That's where to go if you want to save an average of 20% on your personal insurance. TuckerTN.com. Calvin and Subtle for new hardwood floors and finishings. CalvinandSubtle.com in the middle of Tennessee area. And then also the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org in Franklin, the region's comprehensive uh, place to go to for comprehensive and orthopedic and sports medicine care, boneandjointtn.org. So now that Zach's got that shade off his chest, we can dive in uh, to the show today talking about the Pac-12 players, hashtag we are United was put out there on the Players' Tribune over the weekend, Pac-12 players coming together uh, for many reasons. Now they're threatening to opt out of fall camp, that should be starting very soon, or to opt out of the of the actual college football season, Zach. And you think, kind of off the top, this has the potential to change college football this season and for the long haul. Yeah, and you know what? I, I respect what they're doing, and it's all about timing, right? How we've gotten to this point, they didn't have the Players' Tribune a, a decade ago, right? right. This, that was the reason why Derek Jeter created it, right? Is for players to actually have a voice instead of the billionaires, whether you're talking about the people that and the board that runs universities or the billionaires that own franchises, this is their voice. And now, in a time where there's question marks all over the place in sports, going into a year where people are cutting ties with, with sports altogether, right? The, the Ivy Leagues are not even playing, like, this is the time if you want change, and we saw that with the the Black Matters uh, or Black Lives Matter movement. That was a time because, and obviously, and a singular action of the George Ford killing. But thing people started to pay attention, and I do think that, and we'll talk about what the Pac-12 players want from this. But this is the action to say, look, college football is no longer going to fully take advantage of these student athletes, as they call them. And this is what they want to have happen. Now, some of the demands, and we'll go through them, uh, I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think that they'll get. But some, I do think, make a lot of sense. So I was I was kind of, I was proud for a group of college students standing up for themselves and pushing back against the man. Sure, and Rob says that uh, brings us up. Why are they doing this? I, I think it's pretty easy to say why. It's COVID-19 has given an opportunity where players now have leverage because of what the uncertainty level of the college football season is with COVID-19. It's about the players. And college athletics, the athletic departments, the boosters, the coaches, the TV networks, the conferences, the conference commissioners, they all need the players to play because they need college football to happen on the field so money happens everywhere else. 
from the TV contracts going to the schools, which goes to the facilities and runs the other, the rest of the athletic department to the TV networks, being able to sell, sell advertising to actually have something to put on TV every Saturday throughout the fall. So the players have a lot of leverage right now. And you saw a few years ago, Northwestern players tried to unionize. Like whenever, we, whenever we've talked about the pro leagues going through the process of returning to play during the COVID-19 pandemic, there's always been the, well, the Players Association wants this and the owners want that. Baseball owners versus players, NFL PA versus the NFL. But there's no PA in in college sports. So now the Pac-12 is taking an opportunity where they have the leverage and the players have some leverage to try to demand something for the greater good that they want. And with every list of demands, like I made this joke uh, to Zach while we were prepping the show, the bank robber wants a jet getaway, but also a dozen pizzas. Like they'll probably get the dozen pizzas, but they're not going to get the jet to fly away to Mexico where they're not going to be arrested or charged for anything. So with every list of demands, there's some things that are very reasonable, and I think or I'm on the side of the players, but there's also uh, some demands that are like, whoa, this makes no sense. And what actually, with one of their demands, it would crash the entire model of college athletics. And while some people might think that's a good thing to redo it, not completely. Yeah, and, and look, Chief Franco says college athletes have no say in any matters. And you know what? I would probably agree with them, but I think in this particular season going into the fall, I do believe that they have say on the matters. I do believe that they have power because I, I'll be honest with you. I think athletic directors and chancellors of universities are shaking in their boots with the revenue going to be lost because sports will not be 100%. So I would agree with you, Chief Franco, for the majority of the time, but I don't agree with you now because I think this is very, very smart. It's well-timed by the Pac-12, and they've seen the negotiations between these players' associations in professional sports. And look, the PAs don't get every single thing that they want. That's just never going to happen. But sometimes they do, right? The the NFL jockeying for uh, back and forth, back and forth with the Players Association – they wanted 18 games. They had to negotiate to 17, right? right. Yeah. So this is smart by the Pac-12. And here's my one thing before we kind of get into them. Okay. I do think that not only the Pac-12 players, which have this hashtag, we are united, I think other college athletes from all over the country will start to jump on board. And then you really have a movement when you have a ton of players and student athletes fighting against the man. All right, so uh, there are four categories that these Pac-12 players have put their list of demands through. So we're going to run through those, then we're going to dive into the specifics about them, what demands can be met, what are just not reasonable whatsoever. Before we tell you about these four categories of list of demands from the Pac-12 players, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. They're Nashville's professional landlords, and there's so many different ways they can help you out during the COVID-19 pandemic. You don't have to panic sell your house if that mortgage is really biting into your income more than you're comfortable with. You can rent it out. 
uh, for an extra cash flow. And then you can go rent out a cheaper house for the time being and then move back in once things settle down. If you own Airbnbs and you're not getting any, any tourists or travel coming through there, rent out your property for the, the, the time being. And then once things get back to normal, there's no binding contract with renters warehouse. It goes back to being Airbnb and you're still making money. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go. And Swag City right here, AZ30, 30% off all orders until football is played. Shop.azsportsnashville.com. Get you a shirt, get you a hat, 30% off. That's our give back. You can get one of these bad boys right there, AZ30. That's a deal, hell of a deal. All right, so here we go. Jonathan Crompton says, now is the time for college version of a, a professional strike if they want to ask for demands. Yeah, now would be the time because Rob says COVID gives the athlete power. So Josh brings up one of the demands that we're going to get to uh, when it gets to the economic category of this. So here are the four categories for the Pac-12 and their players. The first has to do with COVID-19. This is from the Players' Tribune. Uh, one, they can opt out without losing eligibility or a roster spot. We all already know the NCAA will continue to keep their scholarship, but they don't want to lose a year of eligibility if they do opt out. Prohibit the COVID-19 liability waiver and then player-approved health and safety standards. Zach, I think the, the, the liability waiver is something that's going to be interesting because a lot of this is because we know the data of the age demographics of college athletes who do test positive for COVID, most asymptomatic, and then really more than that, don't have hospitalizations or any uh, serious or severe conditions, right? But it's all about liability because all it takes is one college athlete to have severe conditions, to be hospitalized, and God forbid, lose their life. And then liability and lawsuits just is everything there. So the waiver, I think, is pretty interesting in, in, in the old COVID-19 conversation. Yeah, but it's it's your choice. If you give if the colleges give them the ability to opt out, the colleges have to protect themselves if you opt in. So that's actually where I don't think that the players so, are going to win. Well, like but, you're gonna have to sign a waiver, bud. You're just yeah. going to. If you so, want to play, you're gonna sign a waiver. If you do give COVID-19, you're not gonna sue the school. They have to do that. That that's business. No lawyer in the world would tell uh, would advise a college to not have their players sign a waiver. That's dumb. Okay, so so, that, that so COVID nineteen was the first category. Uh, somebody but said no, that before before we move on, uh, I'm, I've got to say my COVID nineteen thing. This is the big thing that I think college players and college students aren't recognizing that I think that the colleges will. Look at what the professionals have done. Why, uh, why Manfred, the, the commissioner of the MLB, got so upset at the Players Association is players are also responsible for not putting themselves in COVID-19 scenarios, right? We've heard about the stories about them going to parties, playing beer pong, flip cup, you know, doing all this stuff. That's going to put you at risk to get COVID. So you can't, you cannot do that. I, I think that's big. You cannot sit there and if you're a player or you're a players association or acting as, you can't ask for all this. You have to protect yourself, and that's hard to regulate all of these college students. These are 18. We all been a college student at one point, right? Young and dumb. You're gonna be going, you're gonna be doing things that put yourself at risk that the colleges are probably gonna frown upon so they can prevent the liability that we just discussed. 
All right, so uh, Zach Goodman says, didn't the Pac-12 cancel their season? No, they did not. Also, you used the wrong there there. But they did not cancel their season. They did basically what the SEC did is a 10-game conference schedule starting September 26th, uh, and they move on from there. The only conf- the only Power 5 conference that has not said anything one way or the other about their schedule is the Big 12. Uh, so uh, Jeff Rubel says, I get the first one saying about the opt-out, but the- but then you can't turn around and say, I want I want to play, but the school is liable, which is kind of Zach's point there. Yeah, and, and so – I, I do think that that is always going to be headbutting, right? And that is what a student should do, right? I have a, you have an expectation, probably everybody has an expectation of how I should handle COVID, right? How I should think about COVID. You may think that it's okay. You may think that you ne- I need to lock myself in my closet, never come out for the next you know year and a half. I don't know what you're, but if now you're putting these players into a position and you are doing your these colleges are spending going to spend a lot of money a lot of money on testing on masks on putting the locker room together where it it, it is beneficial for on the players. cleaning services which God involves knows. extra oh right? yeah like, you know what they should do uh, speaking of you know what cleaning service they should call yeah that's BioPure. They could hook them up real quick. One of our sponsors, and they change the standard of cleaning. That's cost effective, right there. That's free. That's free advice, right there, to University of Tennessee or Vanderbilt, Belmont. You want to change? BioPure will hook you up. But, but to that point, they're going to be spending a lot of money. The players have to do their part, and they're twenty years old. They're yeah, not okay. going to. So, so Josh brings this up about the liability. He says, Josh says, uh, the thing on that, though, is how is the player going to prove that they caught COVID-19 while playing? Because it, if you think about it, like the, the bubble that the NBA has set up and the bubble that the NHL have set up, like that, that seems like it's going well so far because everything's controlled in that bubble. College campuses are, are going to be ridiculous when it comes to the COVID spread, but the athletic facilities, they're going to do everything they possibly can to keep the facilities and the playing surfaces as clean as possible. So where COVID is not inside there, it's only going to be brought from the outside. So like it's, you're saying it's, it's one athlete or like the LSU kids who all went to a bar. There was like 25 LSU players who went to the same bar on a Saturday night after they all got back to campus in June and then they all tested positive because they went to that bar where the contract, uh, the contact tracing came in part, and then they brought it into the facility. When you talk about Buck, and we'll get to Buck later, Buck's roommate gets tested every day at his job. Buck's roommate comes home, then shares it to Buck, who where Buck has been taking every correct precaution uh, throughout the entire pandemic. So all it takes is somebody from the outside bringing it all in. Yeah, and I, I think we have to look at you said it, it only takes one, right? One player to get it, have health issues, be hospitalized, and God forbid, and hope this doesn't happen, but possibly pass away where the news media comes running because they see blood in the water. That, but they don't look at the percentage, right? Yeah. Like the percentage of these kids that are asymptomatic or have zero symptoms or maybe are sick for a couple of days with like a cold and they they test positive, but then they get right back out there and play football like they normally would. We're not trying to find the remedy for that. I think that's also going to be an issue. So you cannot plead for the most 
like top-notch safety precautions and not do your part, and that's the Pac-12 not being united with all of their players. They're not going to sign up to not go to a party and party with a bunch of college girls. They're going to do that. That's that's called being 19 years yeah. old. Last thing on on this before we move on to the other protect sports, racial injustice, and the economics behind the Pac-12s. Uh, uh, the We Are United uh, letter on the the Players Tribune is. I, I thought it was interesting that some conferences move back the season to September 26th instead of starting it earlier because the rest of the student body is going to get on campus mid-August, right? From June, July to currently, it's just been student-athletes. But the problems and the spread are going to happen when everybody comes back if there's not online campuses or classes. Even if there are online classes, it's the socialization and parties and bars where things are going to spread. So that'll be interesting because they moved it back. So uh, we'll have to watch out how that kind of transpires. And I want to bring this. Ethan says, how dare the media cover a college kid dying if it happens? Outrageous. No, it's how they cover them, right? The blood that they seek because of that coverage. If it bleeds, it leads. Right? And that's my issue with it. It's not the action of reporting the news. It's the aftermath of what they're going to do. They're going to find somebody to lose their job because this person and this is all hypothetical, if in fact a college student does pass away or get deathly ill from it, get into a coma, or we've heard the horror stories. But I I do think that the media would attack, 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 and probably have somebody fired or the university would be – I mean, you talk about defamation. That university probably wouldn't be able to survive. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It is these sports. All right, let's get to the rest of these categories. Uh, second is protect all sports, uh, asking for coaches, athletic directors, and the commissioner of the Pac-12 to take pay cuts, ending performance and academic bonuses for uh, the, the, the named above, and then using the endowment to avoid cutting sports. And the example uh, for that third bullet point there is Stanford cut 11, 11 Olympic athletic programs. Stanford's endowment, guys, is over $27 billion. Stanford has plenty of money, but in my opinion, Stanford used COVID-19 as an excuse to to spend less money on non-revenue sports, so they decided to cut the bait, right? So uh, I think, uh, how do you feel about protecting all sports, Zach? The pay cuts from the big money players in the, in the athletics, the coaches, ADs, the commissioner ending performance and academic bonuses. So uh, if you wait, if you make it to this level bowl game, you get this much. If your team has a GPA of this, you get more money and then the endowment to avoid cutting sports. Yeah. Well, so I think this is pretty difficult because You want to incentivize your coaches to coach as hard as possible because what the students don't realize, and these coaches, right, that industry of being a coach, your ass is going to get fired, and your ass is going to get fired a lot. That's just how, unless you're Nick Saban and you win championships on championships on championships, that's good security, job security. Nobody has that. Like, you get fired, your family has to move, and all of those things. So I think it's going to be hard to – not to take out the incentives because I actually think that that's a good thing. I also think that the uh, this is a free country. College students should not uh, be upset with how much their coach is being paid. The school has chosen to pay them. Well, and we know that coaches move the needle for college sports. 
That's it. So they pay their needle movers the most money. That's why Coach K and Bill Self and Nick Saban and Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney and Urban Meyer at the time years ago, they got the big bucks because they were the face of their franchise, which comes with great responsibility, right? Great power, but also people criticize like crazy when you lose. All so right. I don't think that's going to happen. All right, so let me bring this up because Gmail Bay says, why does a coach's pay affect the players? Uh, would the players want their salary cut when they get jobs? Well, that's like, – like, I don't think if – and you have to remember what they're – comment. Well, you have to remember what they're asking for. They're asking to protect all sports because of the impact, the economic impact of COVID-19. They want to protect all sports because you're already seeing – hold on. You're already seeing non-revenue sports being cut drastically. So I don't know why you're shaking your head here, Zach, but but you're seeing baseball programs, you're seeing softball programs, lacrosse or whatever being cut, which is scholarships being lost. So the Pac-12 players that are behind this, the majority of them are football players, but they're also wanting to make sure they protect the non-revenue athletes at their university. And so by the by the coaches and athletic directors who are making millions and millions of dollars per year, by them taking a pay cut, it might allow for these other non-revenue sports to keep certain staffers to pay for their coaching salaries or, or to pay for the staff or GA or whatever staff member salaries they need to operate those non-revenue sports. That's my point there. I know for a fact there are several Power Five conferences and Power Five colleges across the country whose head coach, whose ADs, and football, basketball, I've taken salary cuts to keep other people's salaries available so they don't lay off uh, members like that. Yeah, so that's, that's all fine, but you have these players have no right to sit there and say, you should take a pay cut because I said so to save everybody else. They signed a contract. That is not how America works. That's not how contracts work. So these kids, I adamantly but disagree. Zach, they Franco, can go find money somewhere else. What? But they, you, you have no. Nobody has the right you're to not, say. You're Austin, trying to say you have to, you have to have a pay cut. This is not like the players aren't even getting paid. So you're telling me that if 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 I am a swimmer at whatever institution and I get my swim team and my swim scholarship taken away, but the head coach who's making four mil a year doesn't take a pay cut, whatever. Like Chief Franco says people are taking pay cuts and being furloughed. These million dollars coaches can take a cut. And it's already happening at several schools across the country. Just because everybody else does it doesn't mean that you have to. I think that's asinine. That's so dumb. Just, there are what? people. How are you against this? No, because I, I, I think they should find money somewhere else. That's the whole point. Where? Not, not what do you mean where? You just talked about Stanford's billion dollar endowment. Don't tell me where. You just told me where. Yeah, that's you, a you part don't of have, it. You don't have to cut the contracts that these coaches are owed. I I, I would you would be Who are you to say that? It would be like somebody saying, look, Austin, because something has happened, we're going to cut your salary. I believe that you're it's a global It's a global pandemic. People are losing, companies are losing revenue. Tough. Athletic. It happens, right? You, But if you have a contract so, with a company, the, 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 the athletic department or the university has told these individuals, take away that they're coaches, that they would pay them X amount of money. Who are you as an outside source to say that that contract should be 
renegotiated yeah, or cut. literally happening across the country in so many different industries where people are taking furloughs and are taking pay cuts because of what's happening when college coaches and we're talking about the head football coach the head basketball coach and really the athletic director we're really talking about three people at the university who are making like football coaches in the sec i think all of them are making over three and a half million a year and I think Vandy's Derek Mason is the only one who's making under four. So I think there's there's plenty of money. If, like, if I would they take, say they were underpaid, honestly. For you what could argue SEC, that. That's fine. No, but I, I will the, argue that. So but during a I'm not, global I'm not pandemic, Zach, salary, Austin. But Zach, this is not a normal year. This is this is trying to get skinnier to be able to fit through and fight through a global pandemic, so less people become casualties across your athletic department. That's the point. That's the point because there's so many people who work in college athletic programs who are, you know, young professionals right out of grad school who are making like 40 grand tops that are that if they lose their job. Listen to this. Listen to Jeff. And look, we disagree with Jeff, but we also agree with Jeff. Time. Jeff will will make some sense. There's a difference in the coach saying that he will take it and someone else saying they need to. Read that and understand that. And that's the difference. It is so unfair for somebody else to tell you, Austin, you need to take a pay cut. It's different if you say, look, for the greater good, I'll do this. But you have no right. These players have no right to say this person needs a pay cut. I, do it now. I, I think, think that, is, that is a, goes against everything that America stands up for. I think that's complete and utter BS. I think for for football players, because football players are not in jeopardy here. It's uh, people. People. I think it's it's, no one has the right to tell you what you should or should not make. You no, I I can't tell you that. Nobody else can. No bum on the street should tell Austin how much he should make or how much he should be cut out of his salary. It's your freedoms and your rights to make as much money as you possibly can. But Zach, I I, I think while look, I I get your point and I don't completely disagree with you. Understand it. But I think we are in way different circumstances and unprecedented waters right now. This is why you want to have the contracts in unprecedented times. You want to be able to have a salary say, look, we're not we're asking like what it is. Like I know, I know this. I know Les Miles at Kansas took 10%. So did the AD at Kansas, 10%. The big money guys took 10%, which allows for them to keep staff members on and to not cut other sports and to not lose scholarships. They chose to do that. Right, which is great. I think that should be, I think more of that should happen more power when necessary. And, and, and let's not forget, we're not saying, we're saying that, that co- big money coaches should take pay cuts before athletic athletic teams get cut that's i disagree with i disagree with somebody else telling somebody they should take a pay cut you cannot disagree with that austin but if you were in the same situation and somebody was telling you to take a pay cut you should tell them to kick rocks right so dude man whoa says most athletic departments already run at a net loss they can find money elsewhere they run at a net loss because they have to not show zero profit. <laughs> That's why athletic departments always say we don't have any money because they have to spend all their money every year so they don't show a profit because then they're going to get taxed. And so and so they, they have to spend ridiculous amounts of money every year on things they don't need just for that purpose. Yeah, and that brings up what – and we'll get to this is – 
you know, all of these elaborate, it's the chicken or the egg, right? All these elaborate facilities and all that stuff that they spend a buku of money on that players see that and say, maybe we don't need these state-of-the-art facilities. They're cool, but that also gets players in the door. And prior to the pandemic, right, that's how you built your program. And I've heard you say time and time again how good Tennessee's facility is. We know how LSU's, and, and that makes them make more money. Spend money, make money. you got to put money back into the business, and that's these athletic departments' philosophy is, well, let's at least have them when they come on campus as a you know 18-year-old or 17-year-old high schooler say, man, I'd love to eat lunch here every day. Sure. Sure. Uh, again, the, the point is I'm not – you can't tell if, somebody if, to take a pay cut. If a school doesn't need doesn't need to have their Who are big, you to say that? Okay, whatever. Let's move on to this. Let's get to the third one. The racial injustice uh, ask from the Pac-12 players. Uh, they they bring up a demand of permanent task force to address racial injustice and have a group of elected members uh, by the players, elected uh, leaders, administrators in their conferences, and also other experts in racial injustice as well. 2% of conference revenue to support low-income black students, not just student-athletes, but low-income black students and community initiatives and having an annual Pac-12 Black College Athletes Summit. Uh, so that is the racial injustice uh, part of the demands from the Pac-12 athletes. Zach, how do you feel about uh, those three bullets? Uh, I, I think these were well thought out. I, I agree. Tr- I truly do. I, I think the task force and, and how I kind of uh, look to try to understand that is they wanted elected officials. If, if something comes up uh, within – they're talking about the Pac-12, so I'll keep it there. Within the Pac-12, a coach says something that a player uh, is uh, racially offended by, that a, uh, a task force can come in, look at it, uh, do an investigation, and then figure out what that is, right? And that keeps everybody – uh, I I think hold, held accountable. So I like that. If you go go down the list, two percent of conference revenue to support low income black students and communities. I think that's a great initiative. I think that's a creative way to do it. And an annual Pac twelve Black Summit is smart, right? I think that's a great. I think the summit's the best part of that. Like I right? mean, I I just think because it brings more people together to talk about different experiences and things that are happening at different campuses. I think it's a really good uh, observation. There. And I think this is. This is the follow-up. We, we've talked a lot, and I think you, we've seen a lot about you know kneeling for the national anthem as a representation of how you feel about the Black Lives Matter movement. It, it's it's not about what we've kind of gotten misconstrued of the last six months. This, what I love, is action, right? This sure. dictates the action to try to get the result based on, and I think we can all agree, it's equality, or at least getting closer to equality instead of the the racism that we've seen i like all three of these these were well thought out agree so I, I i have zero problem with that i think uh, jeff well rubel says the big 10 task force is compromised of former players current ad's and outside people and they've already got that pat that task force there rob asked why does race have to be involved in a pandemic well i think both both things are currently happening in america simultaneously because and, it is That's right all. Yes, that be, because it is. And, and again, like like we like we start off with what what has COVID nineteen done for college athletes? It's given them leverage because they can opt out, not play, which affects everybody else's money. And so this is like the tweet that goes viral, and somebody, a random person's tweet goes viral, it's like, and they just drop down and reply like, "Hey, while I've got your attention, here's my Instagram." Right? Like that's 
they're kind of using the COVID leverage to be able to get something else they actually need and that they have been needing for a long time. And we've all, and I, I would say every single one of us that watch college sports would say that these student athletes are treated unfairly with all that they give to their universities in finances, right? Yes. In revenue. They, they are not paid. I understand that they're, but we have got to find some sort of solution or at least start talking about a solution to have these players have at least getting getting paid or something for their likeness, which we'll talk about. But the economics, that is what really, I think, starts the change. And he says, why does it happen in the pandemic? Because it did, right? That That's the reason. All right, so there's a big category coming up with the economics. And here's the question we're going to ask you guys. Do you think the Pac-12's list of demands will help athletes get paid? So we're going to touch on that. But first, Zach, tell people about the Tucker Agency. Yeah, Tucker Agency, that's Tucker TN. It's very, very simple. Will Tucker and his agency can help you out. Nashville's independent insurance agency. You've got car insurance, homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, life insurance. He can bundle those together, and his team can help save 20%. If you email him today, it's a Monday morning. It's probably the day you need to start saving money, just like every day. But email him, will at tuckertn.com, and say, heard about you on A to Z Sports. How do I save money on my insurance? Those two sentences could put hundreds of dollars back into your pocket. That's not a lie. The average customer that reaches out to Will and his team, Will at TuckerTN.com, saves 20% on your insurance. You probably don't even know what you pay for your insurance. Think about that. You probably have no idea, right? Find out. Save money. Will will help you out. Will at TuckerTN.com. All right, it is these sports here live on a Monday. Uh, several people have mentioned that uh, the, the Rock just became the owner of the XFL, which is interesting. Oh, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I, I got caught up, but I will give the love of the show, and there's a lot of comments, but he is our future president, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and yeah, he, he just bought the XFL. I don't know how good or bad that decision that was, He's got a buku of money. Yeah, he's got – it doesn't matter. If that's a bad decision, it doesn't matter. My long bet, and I am on record saying this years ago, I truly believe one day Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be the president of the United States of America. I believe All right, it. real quick. Marquez Tom Tom Jackson says that the NCAA is about to lose fans just like the NFL did. I don't think the NCAA had any fans to begin with because the NCAA sucks ass and everybody knows it. Now, if you're talking about college football losing fans, I, I highly doubt it because I think the majority of college football fans are so so bought into their university because they, they have a deep tie there that pulls on the heartstrings where professional sports doesn't have that ability. Nobody went to the University of the Tennessee Titans. I went to the University of Tennessee. Zach went to the Ole Miss. We've got deep ties there that it's going to take a lot. Like Vanderbilt fans are still watching their teams on TV. They might not be showing up to that dump of a stadium, but as bad as they've been and that organization has been run, those fans are still there around today. So uh, I, I don't think college football is going to lose fans like the NFL did. Well, I, I think that sports will take a hit because of ratings. And I just, I think you've already kind of seen that a little bit with Major League Baseball and the NBA and the NHL because it's just different, right? 
And I think that takes some adjustment. The feeling of, and I watched that the the Lakers Clippers game last week. The feeling was different because God knows the emotion that would have been brought out at the end of that game if it would have been in front of twenty thousand fans, right? Sure, right. And that's that's a human element thing. So so I I understand both sides of it, but I do think it it will be different for uh, twenty twenty. We know that. All right, so here are the uh, economic demands from the Pac-12 athletes. Six years of medical insurance after their college career ends. Being able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. 50% revenue split evenly to players for across their respective sports. A six-year scholarship for grad degree completion. A one-time transfer rule without penalty. And a post-undrafted return to eligibility. So if you go undrafted in the NFL draft and you do not sign an undrafted free agent contract, you have the ability to go back and play college football to play out your eligibility. So Zach, what stands out to you most during the economics part of the list of the demands? All the demands that they had that featured economics are not going to happen. <laughs> that, that was I my, think there's, I think, well, no, I look, I'll tell, I'll tell you. One-time transfer rule and post-undrafted return to eligibility, that makes sense. I, I don't think that, that that's a problem, right? If you don't get drafted and you are undrafted and you don't get picked up on a team, you can return to your eligibility. Let me that's just say, fine. the one-time transfer rule and the post-undrafted return eligibility are separate. I just put them together for spacing ability. But both of those, right? So sure. that, 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 that seems reasonable. Six-year college scholarship for grad degree completion, I don't see a problem with that. That's per, I, I could see that happening. But 50% revenue split evenly to players for the respective sports. <laughs> Six-year medical insurance after college. Who's paying for that? <laughs> There's no way those two are going to happen. Those, you and you made a great analogy, Austin. I'll give you credit. Thank That's you. like asking for a jet when you rob a bank. Your ass ain't getting a jet, okay? You're going to get those 12 pizzas, though. Pepperoni, sausage, supreme, all cheese, doesn't matter. One bite, everybody knows the rules. Yeah, but what's you the are dozen? Not what to get that jet? All right, if if because I agree, the 50% revenue split is the jet in this list of demands during the bank robbery. What's the pizza? Like across all four categories, what's the dozen pizzas for your hostages? Uh the pizza is and it doesn't have to be economics, it can be COVID-19, it can be I think the I think the pizza, Zach, is in COVID-19 with opting out without losing eligibility. <laughs> I think the very first one is the 12 people. Out of people. all of them. Okay, I thought you were just talking about economy. Okay. Out of all of them. I agree with you. And because, you know what, that's already being done. And it's You're now. Lose, yeah. Well, it's not being done to what they're asking. They're, sc- they're, they're still The opt-out is with pro sports. That's what I'm saying is you can opt out and you'll at least get something in return. If you opt out. Sure. But right now the NCAA has said you will remain on scholarship, but what if I'm a junior at Tennessee and I want to opt out of this season? Is that going to cost me my junior year? So I just have one year of eligibility left or am I going to have to use, maybe I, maybe I haven't used my red shirt. I have to use it now or maybe I've already. So I think, I think the 12 pizzas is opting out without losing that year of eligibility where you basically create a COVID-19 redshirt, which is its own redshirt by itself. You're not touching your regular redshirt or medical redshirt. Yeah, but the revenue, you, it, it's it, these players, 
they you cannot tell somebody what to do with their money. You can suggest, but they don't have enough leverage. You got to think the players association that deal with these sports leagues is actually a union. This is a hashtag. <laughs> and there's a massive difference, right? The Pac-12, these players are not a union. They're not a unionized organization. And in the history of the world in America, unions have been created. But this is not one of them. So that's the problem. Cute hashtag, we are united. But the power and the grounds that they stand on is pretty obsolete to make demands like 50% of revenue or, hey, coach, take a pay cut because I'm an 18-year-old snot-nosed kid that doesn't know a lot about life, but I'm going to tell you that you don't need as much money as I think you do. That was my problem with that earlier conversation, Austin. The reason why I got so pissed off. No college kid is ever going to tell me how much money I can or cannot make. So I find that offensive. And these Pac-12 players, again, it's just because of life experience. They don't have a lot of it. So they've asked about, they've asked for a lot of jets and they've asked for a lot of jet fuel, but they're going to realize they're going to get probably a pizza hut pizza and some cheesy bread. All right. So the 50% revenue is, it's a crazy ask. Cause do you know what the NFL players are getting in the first year of the new CBA percentage wise of revenue? 48%. So they're asking for a whole 2% more of revenue to be split amongst. And, and here's the crazy thing about it. Cause a lot I, more players, but there's not a union. Yes. And so <laughs> when it says 50% revenue split evenly to players for respective sports. So actually football players and basketball players, men's basketball players outside of Yukon, Tennessee and Baylor are the only Sports who actually get money. Okay, so swimmers, you have to give back your stipend because you're costing money, right? The track athletes, you're not getting anything because revenue split evenly to players for their respective sports. That's how they wrote it. So this is, while I think they did a good job of protecting all sports by wanting them to have some pay cuts before cutting lacrosse, they kind of redid that they contradicted themselves with a 50 percent revenue split for the respective sports because these are football players right well most of them they're, they're every they're represented but but yeah football players are driving this because they get the most attention and because they have the most power and they understand that and i, I like i think this was a valiant effort and i do think look i think a lot more people will talk about it maybe more so than they would have but these demands don't make a lot of economic sense based on the history of how these governing universities have been run. Yeah. Right. right. And it's hard to change as we know it's hard to change. Yeah. Let's ask, let's ask the question and read some comments. Do you think these listed demands will help college athletes get paid? Do you think these listed demands will help college athletes get paid. So, Zach, I'm going to send you the comment section. I'm going to tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, that's where you need to go uh, for your first free workout. If there's not a Mandu near you, you can check to see when one might be coming to you as well. 
full body electronic muscle stimulation. Zach and I have the most muscle mass that we've had in our lives right now. Uh, I've got the least amount of body fat on me too that I've had. So that's two positives right there. Mandu.com. They show you a lot about your body. They make you feel a lot better. Save some time as well. Mandu.com. Your first workout's free. A to Z sports. Hey, look, we've got a good question as we talk about revenue. I, while you were talking, I actually came up with what they should have asked for. Okay. The question that we're, we're we're asking you though is, do you think the Pac-12's list of demands will at least help athletes get paid? Gmail on basis, hell no. Uh, Damon says, uh, in initial demand, you have to set the bar high for on some things a future goal. Damon, you're absolutely right. Kyle says, I hope so. Ricky says, yes, it's the beginning of that happening. Uh, Matthew says yes. Louis says yes. Um, so we, we've got. And, and that's a little bit, right? We're not saying that they're going to get paid $150,000 a year, every player all across college sports. Right. It's just getting the conversation started. So, so here, okay. go no, ahead. You got go. Yeah, well, I was going to say that here's what they should have asked for. 50%, they should have asked for a – I think this is how you actually make the most sense that – the hard part is universities are losing money right now, and that's the hard time to ask for money. When, when, you, when your business is not making as much money and the, the, the future earnings are going to be less, that's not a time to ask for 50% revenue. That's just a side note. <laughs> the, the most logical way to do this is if I was a player and I was a part of a union that I would organize, and that hasn't happened yet, but I would want a stipend from the university, and I would want the ability to make money off of my likeness. Those are the two most like idealistic, the, the most opportunistic things that I would say as a college athlete could be obtained. I could probably make money on my likeness if I marketed well with my Twitter followers, Instagram followers, Facebook, whatever. That makes that makes fair business. The yeah. other thing is the stipend at least give me some money for everybody, not like a cost lot. of attendance, right? It's the cost of attendance number, but then you get into well, Tennessee is going to jack up their cost of attendance greater than Georgia. So if I go to Tennessee, I'm going to get a thousand more dollars per semester than Georgia's. And that going to has get. to be figured out. Right. But you have to get some money from the university, but you also, the real thing that you want if you're a college athlete is to be able to make money off of your likeness because that is you, that you have the ability to go out and and seek marketing dollars, and they would have to restructure it because, you know, a smart college student, let's say Johnny Manziel back in the day, he wasn't very smart. He could have made a lot of money off of his likeness if you had gotten an agent or an advisor, right? Now they've got to change the rules on, can I get a marketing advisor to make more money off of my likeness because my name is Joe Burrow, and I like smoking cigars after the game. Right. Those Burrow, the, the Burrow cigars. Right, you could sell those, and every LSU drunk Bayou Bengal on Bourbon Street would have a cigar in his mouth after every home win. Right, so but but they also need to have the ability to have an advisor, and that really kind of shakes things up with the rules. It muddies the water. Dion brings up like their own YouTube channel, etc. Remember the the UFC kicker who had a YouTube channel that was not necessarily football related because he was a good entertainer and was creative and made good content that they made him shut that down or you're not eligible anymore. I think another thing about the likeness deal, because I, 
they've already tabled the likeness. So they've already had those conversations about name, image, likeness. And they just tabled it. The other part that we have to remember when talking about name, image, image, likeness is sure. The quarterback is going to be able to go to, you know, local car dealership and promote Chevy. Well, the, the defensive lineman is not going to be able to do anything unless he goes to like the local burger joint because he's 320 pounds. But really the name image likeness, the great thing about it is let's use the really good softball pitcher or the really good uh, men's soccer player who don't get the publicity, right? Now with the name image and likeness passing, those two athletes in non-revenue sports, what they get to do is in their off-season they get to get paid to train local athletes, like high school or middle school athletes. That is massive because if I'm a badass uh, catcher for a baseball team for Vanderbilt, I want to be able to go out there and charge 150 bucks a session to help some uh, kid who's 15 years old who wants to be a college catcher and I can train him for whatever and make money off of my likeness because I'm good at doing this. Yeah, and maybe share the wealth with a camp with your other players that aren't as well-known. Yes. A, a college athlete can start a camp and now, yeah, exactly. And it has to be well thought out. I think that's a great idea. And so uh, to bring up, and, and and Compton brings up, Zach, you're right, but when Oklahoma goes ahead and gives their coach an extension, it's hard to agree with it being a bad time to ask for money. Fair point, but every contract extension is justified by time, okay? And I'll give you an example. Patrick Mahomes just signed a $500 million contract. Well, $500 million today, the reason why it's okay to sign the, the – or justified to sign the extension – is because in two years, it's going to be $700 million, right? <laughs> right? So they are looking at the future. So that justifies the hard times thing. Uh, every time a coach gets a contract extension, it's really to save money. It's to pay him, right? It's to, to pay forward what he's done. But it's to save money in the long run because the cost of living is going up. That's how it always is, and that's how it's always going to be. So that's how I view that. It's a good comment, but that's how I would answer that. Uh, a to Z sports here. Danny says, I think the problem with players getting paid is it would have to be a flat rate. We talked about that. Your punter, that's where the stipend kind of comes in, but it's also now it's just free market too, right? Like if, which is hard, but that's, that's what pro athletes. Now they get a salary, but not every pro athlete makes Derek Henry off the field money. Like Josh clue is not making off field money. Like Derek Henry is because you don't know Josh clue. But uh, you start to, I, I think it does two things. It incentivizes players to try to get better, right? Because the better you are, the more marketing uh, marketability that you have. And some will be able to attain that and some won't just because, you know, you're a C-plus athlete and, and you play college sports. You're not going to go any higher. That's what you are. Those players, they're just going to have to deal with that. That's where the stipends could help them if that is uh, factored in. But it also incentivizes the creativeness of marketing, right? is the, and I'll give you, this is a great example, Brian Scalabrini. There's a Brian Scalabrini somewhere in college basketball. The white mamba markets himself in a funny fashion. Right. Probably not the best athlete in the world, but makes some coin. But he leans into it. He's more creative, right? It's the, it's the freaking dude perfect guys. There's dude perfect guys that can tape and film a, a, a huge long basketball shot over and over and over again 
take the film of them making it, market it correctly, and then turn it into a multi-million dollar business like Dude Perfect has. There you go, right? It's just the NCAA thus far has not given that the go for the ability to do that. They've shut it down. They've tabled it. They haven't shut it down. They've tabled it. Well, and that's what the college athletes should be working for, is the ability to do more on their own. It's free speech, free right. But they've been so – like, they can't – they don't have the freedoms. (laughs) They sign them away when they get their scholarships. All right, real quick, uh, one more comment, then I want to run through these things and give a a thumbs up, thumbs down on just will they talk about it. OG says, if you play college sports, you likely can't hold a job outside of school like regular students can. Most of the time, that is true, absolutely, at the big power five level because your time commitment to that sport. All right, Zach, here's what I want to do. I'm going to quickly run through all these lists of demands. I just want us to do a thumbs up or thumbs down, whether we think it could be on the table to be discussed, not like pass through or anything to just be discussed. So we'll do that. But first tell the people about Calvin and Subtle that are definitely two thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up there for your new hardwood floor, 615-448-6414. That's 615-448-6414, calvinandsubtle.com. You call them today. They use the CDC precautions to come to your house to replace your hardwood floors or your carpet. Get brand new hardwood floors in in your kitchen, in your living room, in your den, in your bathrooms, in your bedrooms. You've you've probably wanted to do this for some time. Your wife's been talking about it. Now's the time to do it. Upgrade your house, 615-448-6414. Calvin and Subtle will, will come in, call in the material, and install them one to two weeks. That is rapid, rapid pace. And they're trusted right here in Middle Tennessee. They're trusted by us. Make sure you tell them A to Z Sports sent you. They'll give you a deal on those hardwood floors, calvinandsubtle.com. All right, it is eSports here live on a Monday. We're going to go through these, and let's verbally use thumbs up and thumbs down so we can uh, show the list uh, on the screen here. So we'll start off with the COVID-19 list of demands from the Pac-12 athletes. Again, this is from, if you missed it, from the Players' Tribune. I suggest go check it out for yourself. COVID-19, opt out without losing eligibility or roster spot, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm, and this is thumbs up to be discussed, not thumbs up to just pass. I agree. Thumbs up as well. Prohibit COVID-19 liability waiver, thumbs up or down? Thumbs down. There's no way in hell that they're going to be playing without a damn waiver. That's like going That's like going on a roller coaster and not signing a waiver. Like, it's not going to happen. Like we, I think we would be surprised to actually, like, if we thought about all the waivers we've already signed in our life. You don't even realize it. You just, like, scroll down and <laughs> Nobody accept. reads that. Nobody. You just say, I accept the terms and conditions. <laughs> you click the box. All right, so I, while I like it being on the list, I agree with you. Uh, no chance. Player-approved health or, and safety standards, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. That makes sense. They should have a say in how they want to be uh, – how the standards are are with the, the safety precautions that are used by the colleges, that's a thumbs up. All right, so now protecting all sports. Coaches, 80s commissioners taking pay cuts instead or before cutting teams and scholarships, thumbs up or thumbs up? I would give a middle finger to this. This is absurd. I hate it. No way. No chance in hell. You're going to tell me how much I should or should not get paid. Go kick rocks, kid. I'm thumbs up on that one. Before cutting a scholarship. so ridiculous. Before cutting a scholarship, I say thumbs up. In performance. I can't wait to tell you that you don't don't need to get paid this much. That's not, uh, never mind. In performance. 
in performance and academic bonuses, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, I, I, I like the academic incentives because I do think that nobody realizes how uh, quickly coaches can get fired and their life can change. But I also understand I, – I think I'm medium on this. I would be willing to negotiate and so your thumbs up more about it. So that's thumbs up. Okay, so I agree. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, the use the school's endowment to avoid cutting sports. Uh, I would like to look at this further, but I think that the colleges would tell these kids to screw off. I agree with, with the screw off part of it, but I think I'm thumbs up on it because – the example was Stanford, $27 billion endowment, and they cut 11 Olympic sports. All right, so now the racial injustice. Permanent task force to address racial injustice and having elected members. I'm thumbs up on this one. I'm th- I'll just tell you, I'm thumbs up on all three of these. These make sense. I think they can easily be implemented. The 2% of conference revenue, I'd like to see how much money that actually is and right. how that is actually going to be spent. So I, I could debate what the percentage is based because I don't know the number, but all of these are good, well-thought-out decisions. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm thumbs up on all of them. The 2% is the, the, the total conference revenue that split 14 directions in the Pac-12. So I agree. Thumbs up on all of them. All right. Economics, thumbs up or thumbs down on six years of medical insurance after the college career? Thumbs down. That's actually a middle finger. I'm thumbs up to talk about it. Uh, name, image, and likeness. I'm no, thumbs up. Right. This is this ain't mommy and daddy where you're on their insurance till you're 25 or 26. A college has no responsibility six years after your college career Give me for dealing with for dealing with injuries that happen. Sign the waiver. <laughs> yeah, back to the waivers. Okay, name, image, and likeness. I am thumbs up. Absolutely. Uh, yes, image and likeness. I am thumbs up. I know, I know, one hundred percent. Both of us are thumbs down on fifty percent revenue split. Yeah, that's the most ridiculous thing on this. That's list. there's your jet plane. Six year scholarships for grad degree completion. Uh, I, I'm actually thumbs up on this. I, I think that that goes to academics. So yes. anytime that comes into play, if it's about attaining a degree, I'm for that. You know how I feel about degrees. Uh, I I think education. If you go get educated, I think that a sheet of paper, be it wherever it's from, can help you in this world uh, because of life experiencing, finishing, and completing a task. I think that's important. A lot of kids drop out. They quit, right? And so I I think that's important. I like this rule. Yeah, I agree. I think athletic eligibility should not change, but the ability to stay at school to finish that grad degree, I think, is something I'd like to talk about. Uh, One-time transition rule, transfer rule, excuse me, uh, without punishment, what do you think on that? Thumbs up or down? Uh, see, uh, that's that. This is tricky because it's no, already been discussed. No, this ain't free agency. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I am anti-college free agency. Um, I, I, I just there's no good way to do this. Thumbs down. You can't do it. Uh, post undrafted return to eligibility, Zach. Thumbs up. Or I down. like this. Thumbs up. I think I, you look. If you got screwed and you made the wrong decision, if you want to go back. Because you got undrafted, none of the general managers or teams felt felt like you were worth it. And and but it would have to be you know, it's, it's so complicated. basketball players, but for football players, it makes sense. The MLB, so much of this, I'll say this, I'll say it this way that would so work much of this ha- depends on sport. And so in the NBA, you have the ability to do this as long as you don't sign an agent. 
right. you have the ability to come back. Uh, there's a certain cutoff period after the NBA draft. Football is so hard because of the recruiting calendar. The recruiting calendar does not match up with the NFL draft calendar. So you would have to be able to, let's say, junior running back wants to come out early, but he goes undrafted and wants to come back for his senior year. Well, the scholarship that he just gave up has already been taken by an incoming freshman. So you have to be able to figure out to hold that, to hold that, or do you, ex ah, it's just a weird space because they would have to drastically change the recruiting calendar to match it. But I don't see how they could do that because you're either signing, you can't change the recruiting calendar anymore because you have to have the ability for, for high school athletes to have their senior year, to be able to help them get better offers uh, and take visits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm thumbs down on that one. It's just too, it, it screws too much up. It's hard to regulate. Yes. I, I would, I would and agree. Crompton brings up the uh, hiring an agent, accepting money makes that hard because you accept money. Like an agent gives you cash uh, when you go out to the draft process. So you can pay for training where you're living, that kind of stuff. So it just gets really complicated there. Yeah. So uh, we were on college sports. I, I, I can't tell you the story, but I, I was oh, around. Hey. I was around um, some people that live in Oxford, uh, and so you know, small, cl close knit college town. And so I was hearing some stories about old Lane Train over the weekend. <laughs> Pretty interesting. You talk about like, like what you would would think. Yeah. And all that, so it was good. It was good, but that happens all over college sports. I think right? our boy Jonathan Crompton could have some pretty good Lane Kiffin stories too. <laughs> I mean, even the I just it was fun. All right, Zach, we finally get to it. The Hopefully end of show it. topic where now we get to talk about our own Buck Rising testing positive for COVID and how we feel about that. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org is where to go. Don't fumble on your recovery. The Bone & Joint Institute is the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. They have everything under that one roof. You don't have to go to a different building for the clinic for the imaging and testing, for the surgery itself, and for the rehab. It's all in one building right there. You see it on your screen in Franklin. Boneandjointtn.org is where to go. A to Z Sports. Look, uh, this is a topic I've been waiting to, to talk about, honestly. Uh, and it's unfortunate that Buck does have the COVID. He's got the Rona. It's official. Yeah. Tested positive. Got it from his roommate. And he's quarantined to his house. What I guess since the positive test, you have to do 14 days after the positive test, or yes. until you test negative. Um, I mean, I, he well, could he could go out and do whatever the hell he wants. Well, we four and Buck that, has joined the chat, <laughs> but, but for the NFL's purposes, I know that two negatives in a row allow you to go in the facility. Two now, negatives Buck, equal a positive. Yeah, or equal a non-positive. Cancel out a positive. But so for, for, for bucks, yeah, you rang exactly buck. We're talking about you, uh, for bucks purposes. I don't think that flies. So he had the positive test. He had the test taken on a Friday results came in via email on Sunday. So the Titans first practice on the field, I believe is August 14th, uh, which is exactly, uh, two weeks from the date that that test was taken. 
that turned positive. So I don't know how this impacts Buck's ability to cover the beginning of training camp, but we all know that this is going to be a weird training camp anyway. So it might not hurt him too bad on this overall. And the thing is, Buck's life really doesn't have to change all that much. And because he's been working from home, he does his shows, he Zooms with his podcast uh, guests, he Zoom meets with us. So we, I have, I've seen Buck once since March in person. Yeah, I, I've seen him. Uh, I, I, I saw him more than that, but not anywhere close in the last two weeks. Um, even if I did get COVID, I doesn't care. But I, I look, I, here, here's my thing. Okay. I, I don't want to sound like some heartless, you know what? I have a heart. But, and the first thing I asked Buck was, you know, does he have any symptoms? Are you feeling okay? Right. I did. I do care about that, right? I absolutely. Have a, I do have a soul. But at the same time, Buck's going to be just fine, okay? Buck is in the demographic where we he hope. is going to survive this, okay? He's going to be fine. I thought it was hilarious. Everybody's reaching out to Buck like he just got this terminal, like, disease like he's gonna die like it, buck is fine he's doing good right he did a show he, last night uh, and he, he talked about my, the funny thing about his show last night on prime time thoughts is, and prayers like no, I, no, 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 thoughts and prayers. buck buck talked about uh how, having a shortness of breath when he went jogging the other day like and but then he talked that and i literally but then, almost but spit he, my but, water out but was he like, was talking for an hour straight and if you have shortness of breath doing a live streaming show solo cracker. will be when you notice your shortness of breath not when you go jogging because you're short of, you're short of breath when jogging because you haven't been jogging for that often he had no, this is what his symptoms were and he told me this straight up he stared at his screen too long a couple weeks ago, got a headache. That happens last, to last everybody. Week, last week. That, that happens to everybody. Since then, it's a mind game. That's what it is, and that's the problem with, with this whole damn COVID situation is fear starts to creep in, and you start to think that you have symptoms that you really don't have. The paranoia. Buck is, really is fine. He's going to be fine, and he's going to survive this, and it's probably better that he got it and then he's going to get over it. Like, it's okay. It's a survivable virus. Kids, we've seen that. They don't die from it that often. Very few, right? Yeah, and, and Ricky's right. I, I hope Buck remains symptom-free. Or I if he too. has symptoms, then it's just ex as mild as they could possibly be. But but we talked about I, – I talked about this with Buck a month or so ago when Boomer Esiason said that it accused Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban and Ed Orgeron of having their players test positive for it in June and July so they would be fine for the, for the season. Buck, you tested positive just in time, so you might not have to worry about this for training camp and for the NFL season. So you can go, so there you go. That's, and, Buck, that's and Buck comes in, did you intentionally infect me like Dabo? I didn't do a damn thing, Buck. I, me, I met up with your roommate. I slid him a little thing, and he went home, and he tested. No, I'm kidding. But I, I do think Shrike, Shrike had a funny comment that I wanted to put up on the screen for everybody. He says, the irony of Buck getting it when he's been the most worried about it of all of us is, is, is great. It's comical. I well, love – irony makes me laugh. A lot of times. I, 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 I truly believe, and I don't know, and I've said this on the show, in the last eight months, 
10 months, however long, I believe that I have gotten it at some point. And you know what? I probably felt asymptomatic. It didn't, it didn't debilitate me to where I was bedridden or at, like, I, I believe that I, I, cause you know why I've lived my life. Like I want to live my life. And I've told you guys this, right? I wear a mask when I go into places or they'll kick you out. I get that. So I respect others, but I've probably had it. And so like Buck, it's funny that he was the most worried about it and he got it. But I also believe that this can be a blessing in disguise because he'll probably change his opinion on it. Well, he'll probably say it's not that bad. You're going to be okay. My favorite thing about this whole thing is we're going to get, basically, we're going to get the fish tank buck. We're going to get two weeks of buck doing prime time while he runs out this quarantine. Well, it's all of us looking at the fish tank that is buck having COVID and get to watch what happens. <laughs> that's that's going to be my favorite thing because normally, like, and you mentioned this last night on prime time, I don't think a Nashville media member sports media member has tested positive or had publicly said anything yet. But, and if they did, then they're not a live streaming media member like we do. So we truly get a great look into how, what this is going to be like for buck on yeah, a, and, on and a how, nightly and, daily basis and how it works. It's live documentation. That's why I, you know, I had a conversation with buck on the phone yesterday afternoon. And I was like, look, if you want to, to share your story, by all means, I think it would be very entertaining and interesting to all of our viewers, right? Because the mystery of it, I was like, but if you don't feel comfortable with it, don't do it. He said, no, I feel comfortable with it. So it will be, I mean, we will get a live look at it. what I think is going to happen. I'll just go ahead and tell you prediction. Miss Cleo, pretty smart at these things. I think Buck over the next two weeks is going to be completely fine. He's going to be working just like he was. He's going to have zero symptoms. He's going to get better. And then he's going to put test. He's going to test uh, negative twice and continue on with his life. That's yeah. what I think is going to happen. I would bet, I would bet uh, five hundred to a thousand dollars on that. Now, and I hope he does not have any symptoms. I hope that's how it works. Sure, and then I, I hope that he yeah. changes his mind about COVID of not being deathly afraid to step outside in the air and in the sun because. You know, CNN and MSNBC and Fox News are sitting there saying that if you walk outside without a mask, you're all going to die and crumble like a phoenix. So Louis brings up that, that Buck said that he called us and then his mom. So I believe Buck said this last night. I believe on the 615 Sessions podcast that comes out on Tuesday, Buck is going to play a voicemail from his super opinionated mom, which I think I think Buck's. Uh, mom and his relationship is funny because she's very intelligent and what she's done for a living for her career is very impressive. Uh, and I think the dynamic between the two is great where the, the voicemail about her son getting COVID-19 is going to be very entertaining on the 615 sessions. I'm looking forward to, to hearing that as well. But look, Austin and I, we, talk, we support our employee Buck Rising and all Absolutely. of his endeavors over the next two, two quarantine weeks. And yes. we hope Lab that we rat get buck. a negative test, test on the other side of it. And then he can cover the Titans free thinking, right? Without the fear creeping in. And I think that's important for, for, for Buck. I think we're going to see a change in Buck in a very positive way because of it. I think COVID will change his life in the best way possible. That's my prediction. 
We'll see. Uh, and then we'll get to watch it. That's the best part <laughs> is do get to watch it. Uh, Buck is back tonight. Day two of Lab Rat Buck uh, tonight. A to Z Sports uh, primetime, 8 p.m. Central time. So get your clocks ready. Get your notifications on so we can just follow Buck through this entire process. But good, great Monday show. Good conversations, I thought, about what the Pac-12 uh, did Rob says set up a webcam buck like do we need buck to have like a nest cam that just watches his every move probably not uh, but buck uh, best of luck to you we'll see you guys later on thanks for watching we'll see you later thoughts and prayers adios